Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that gets Tennessee at home. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is very low on Terry Wilson. Oh yeah, that would definitely be me, Ryan Newman. And by the only brother who has attended an SEC game. That's true. Yeah, Trey Newman. All right, this is our last conference preview episode, and in a few days, we'll be recording a 2019 season preview mailbag episode. So send in those questions about the upcoming season right now on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Instagram, at College Football Bros, via email, collegefootballbros at gmail.com, or our preferred method, Ryan, what's that phone number? 260 college football bros cfb bros <laughs> yeah cfb bros don't dial in college football bros into your phone no 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 cfb bros yes all right so that's our voicemail line so be sure to send in those questions also before we get to the sec east we have a few five-star ratings to get to why don't you read our first one ryan okay we will do uh this first one's from horns down michael ryan and trey do an outstanding job re-previewing and discussing college football from a mostly unbiased view. They call it as they see it and are my first choice when listening to podcasts. Keep it up, boys. Boomer Sooner. Nice, nice. All right, I'll take the next one. Josiah Evans says, My favorite sports podcasts, funny and casual while also well-informed. I have no complaints and look forward to every podcast. Awesome. Our next review is from MoldRem21, and he says, Great breakdowns and analysis. The three guys have great chemistry. It's almost like they're related. Hmm. Uh, Hook them. Uh. We got a Texas fan and an Oklahoma fan loving us. That's great. Wow. Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe we should hook them up. <laughs> Could be a little dicey. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, last one from Yafning. He says, uh, I'm an SEC fan in Southern California uh, and don't have many opportunities to college talk college football. The bros are always well-researched and usually get me laughing pretty hard at least once per episode. Go dogs! That's Georgia. So another yet another Georgia fan here. Yeah, we got a lot of Georgia fans, but not a lot of Southern California fans. No. That's pretty cool. Now we got what Dave from San Diego. Dave got from some... San Diego. That's true. Our mom. There's <laughs> Our one. Mom, yeah, <laughs> big one. <laughs> the three of us, right? Sure, sure. Hopefully, we don't disappoint the uh, Georgia fans this episode. We'll see. Let's get into it. Factor fiction is our first segment. Trey, why don't you get us started? Absolutely. Fact or fiction, Georgia's September 21st matchup against Notre Dame is their best chance to lose in the regular season. Uh, I'm going to say that's fiction. And the main reason is just, just because that game's in Athens. So you get the pretty big uh, home field advantage there uh, because I do like Notre Dame. Uh, but I mean, all you, re- all you really got to do is just look at that effect. And then you also have the, the game against Florida. I think that's going to be the toughest game because it's not it's a neutral site game, so it's not going to be in Athens. And I think Florida's going to have a really good year, so I don't want to get too much into that. But I'm going to say Florida is the uh, their toughest matchup. I'm going to say fiction as well, but I'm going with a different game. I'm going November 16th at Auburn. They're only a seven-point favorite in that one. I think Auburn's D-line is, is most equipped to match up with Georgia's offensive line. And by that time in the season whether it's Joey Gatewood or Bo Nix, they're going to have almost a, a full season's worth of experience. So you you heard in my last episode, our last episode, not my podcast, it's our podcast. Sorry, guys, I always say that. Yeah, of course not, head bro. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm, I'm very high on Auburn. Yep. yep. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. It's it's fiction to me. I mean, I do I do like Notre Dame this year, but I just don't think that's the that's the one for Georgia. I think it's the Florida game as well. All right. Next question on Michael Newman's podcast, Fact or Fiction, other than Jake Fromm, Felipe Franks is the top Heisman candidate in the SEC East. So I'm going to say fiction. Uh, I know it's logical to to go with maybe the next best team's quarterback, but I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift on Georgia. He could put up big numbers, and we know Georgia's going to be in the playoff mix, so if there is a running back to do it, I'm going to go with Swift. Yeah, that's I like that pick. I th- I thought about that, but Georgia they kind of like to rotate backs a little bit, and I think maybe Zam- Zamir White might get quite a few carries and kind of take away from Swift. But 
I mean, that's it definitely could happen. Um, I'm gonna say it's fiction. Also, uh, he, Frank's improved a ton, obviously, last year, but I think he still has some of his limitations. Not great yards per attempt. Not a good completion percentage. Still under, still under sixty. So I'm actually gonna go with a guy at Missouri, Kelly Bryant. Ooh, all right. I know. Um, I'm high on Missouri this year. And if if last year if they were able to win like one or two more games. I think Drew Locke would have been in that Heisman conversation. So I don't see any reason with all that returning production why Kelly Bryant can't throw his name in the ring. Yeah, I went fiction as well. And those were the two guys who I was was going to argue. Mostly DeAndre Swift, just because we're more sure about Georgia being really good. And with the way that their receiving core, of course, is a major question mark, they might rely more on the running game, more on passing to DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. So yeah, good good choices, guys. All right, uh, our last one here. Factor fiction. Florida, uh, Florida's offensive line play is the biggest X factor affecting the SEC East title race. I'm saying fiction because I think the biggest X factor is Missouri's appeal of their postseason ban. Ooh. Because I really like them as a dark horse this year. They've got a legit chance to start 8-0 the way their schedule works out. Yeah. And the two teams they're playing from the SEC West, Ole Miss and Arkansas. Yeah, it sets up nice. Yeah, so... But unfortunately, they're not eligible to play in the conference championship unless that appeal goes through. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say in terms of positional groups, though, I'm going to say fact. Uh, losing all that talent up front, that just has to hinder them. I mean, if they gel early and have a strong unit, then they certainly could be a threat to Georgia. But that's a lot to ask right now. Yeah, I agree with Trey. I think this is a fact also. I just think that Florida is the best team equipped to compete with Georgia and that offensive line is really the only true question mark that I see on that team. And so if they're somehow good, that offensive line, the Georgia's, I mean, Florida absolutely has a chance to to win that division. All right, let's get to our tiered rankings now. We'll start at the top with the contenders. Well, there's only one contender. Who's that, Ryan? Yep, the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. They are your clear favorites yet again. Um, their win total is being set at 11 with the under being favored at, at minus 140. The offense will obviously look really, really familiar. They got a lot of familiar faces coming back. Great offensive line, great quarterback, great running back. We've touched on them quite a bit, actually, over over the course of the offseason. So, but we haven't touched as much about that defense. So I kind of want to focus there. I mean, they they lost some key guys, no doubt. DeAndre Walker and DeAndre Baker, some some, some really good talent. They, but uh, I think they might even be a little bit better this year. Technically, they bring back seven starters, but. A little misleading because they have so many other guys back with significant start playing experience. Um, if I did have to pick a group that I'm most worried about on that, I'd probably go with their secondary just because of what maybe what we saw in the Sugar Bowl without DeAndre Baker when he sat out. They, they were a bit vulnerable through the air, but it's maybe a little unfair to judge them on that one game just you know because they were without DeAndre Baker and they weren't totally prepared. But still, I'm, that's the one spot I'm a little eh on. Um, D-line D to me is pretty good. They did lose Jonathan Ledbetter, but, you know, that's not the biggest loss in the world. And they got so much other talent coming back. So I think they're going to be pretty deep. And then they got a true freshman, uh, Trevon Walker, who's a stud. He should, should play right away. And I, I think they have a true freshman linebacker, Nakobe Dean. He's apparently looking like an absolute beast right now. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from that defense. I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, than last year. So uh, I... I'm actually going to take the over here on Georgia. So I'm thinking they're going, well, I just think 12 and 0 is more likely than 10 and 2. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm high on Georgia as well. They're they're loaded and you're really going to start to see the fruits of those recruiting classes start to start to pay dividends here most likely. And one guy though, Ryan, you didn't mention, one of the reasons that their offense is going to be really good is they return a lot of their offensive line, but also, All-American left tackle Andrew Thomas, so he's going to be there to protect yep. from all day and then also help help up front with my one of my favorite backs, DeAndre Swift. But uh, but yeah, they're they're just loaded. I mean, the biggest question mark you do have is the receiving core, and it's a big, big question mark. I mean, they, lo- they lost Riley Ridley and Hardman to the NFL. That, I mean, that's, that's big. Uh, and then not to mention they booted jeremiah holloman off the team this summer so right they only right. have one player that caught more than three passes so so Fromm is going to have to develop a rapport with some of the 
the transfers and the young blue chip talent that they have. Um, yeah, they lost everybody in that receiving core. Isaac Nada at tight end too. I mean, not, it's yeah, the list is long. So that's if I do have a concern, it's that. But everywhere else, it's just it's just loaded. So as long as they don't run. Uh, an odd fake punt this year i <laughs> i think that they're gonna get over the hump and i'm gonna take the over yeah it's a clean sweep guys i really like georgia this year too um you bring up the receiving core but everywhere else they're elite on offense so i think they'll be fine there and defensively there's just so much talent and depth everywhere ryan like you said they've recruited so well now i don't think we quite know who the big stars are with baker and deandre walker gone but right there's it's kind of like alabama there's guys are going to break out I, some candidates yeah, break out jermaine johnson an edge rusher who was the number one overall juco transfer uh a couple of the five-star true freshman linebackers ryan you mentioned nicobe dean also nolan smith who was the number one overall recruit yep. in the nation yeah and then the la- last one i have in the secondary is sophomore corner eric stokes he played pretty well last season as a, as a freshman at the end of the year he could be their next great corner. Yeah. So could Tyson Campbell, of course, the amazing recruit from a couple of years ago. Uh, so yeah, I just, I love the talent. I don't see two losses. I am going over. All right. And let's move on to the dark horses. Trey, who's our first dark horse? Yeah, that would be the Florida Gators. Their over-under is set at nine with the under being favored at minus 150. I, so Dan Mullen's first year going 10 and three, it was a huge success and, and ahead of schedule, but to me, it it was very misleading. Uh, they had to overcome a late deficit to Vanderbilt. They beat Florida State, who was a disaster. And then they beat a Michigan team in the Peach Bowl that was totally depressed from getting their playoff hopes crushed by Ohio State. So if you kind of read into it, it was, uh, it, was, it was fairly lucky, I guess, if you ask me. But I will say he did make Dan Mullen did make Felipe Franks look so good towards the end of the year, and really no one saw that coming. Uh, the offensive skill positions they're all there with the receivers led by Van Jefferson, Trayvon Grimes. They got Lamichael P. Ryan at running back. He's expected to have a big year now that he'll be the the primary back. We we touched on it though. The issue is clearly going to be the offensive line. If if that can gel, then they they should be fine on offense. Uh, if that if that's a I think it's going to be more of a struggle for them that's going to be that's going to be tough against some of these SEC D lines um, they also lost on the defense they lost some valuable depth in the secondary this week when they lost defensive back CJ McWilliams he ruptured his Achilles and he's missing the year so that's yeah that's brutal also too. another D back I think a cornerback John Huggins kind of has an uncertain status right now it just came out a couple of bad incidents in his past and He's not been at practice with family issues. So, yeah, just more depth concerns there. Yeah, depth is the biggest question because they still have some solid players all over that defense that helped the Gators kind of finish the year on a defensive tear. But I don't know how much that's going to parlay into the uh, the whole year in 2019. So we'll see. Todd Grantham is going to need some guys to step up. But to me, if overall... There's four games between October 5th and November 2nd that's going to dictate this season. They host Auburn. They play at LSU, at South Carolina, and then against Georgia. So I'm just, that's a brutal kind of middle part of the season. I just see too many opportunities to lose. And I think last year's run was too lucky. So I'm going to go under. Okay. I, I see Florida a lot more positively than you do, because I, I really think the only kind of major question mark on the team is that offensive line. The defense, you know, yeah, there's some depth issues in the back end, but Overall, I think it's going to be a great group. Todd Grantham, of course, you mentioned comes back. That's a huge to keep him. Plus, they get eight starters back. There's great talent at every level. You got Jabari Zuniga, good pass rusher. Plus, they add Jonathan Grenard from Louisville. That should be a big help as a grad transfer. David Reese II should have a big year at linebacker. And the cornerback tandem, CJ Henderson and Marco Wilson, one of the best in the country. So love the defense. That's really what I love most about this team. And like we said, offense it's it's just that o-line but bill Connolly has written about this he says you know losing pieces on the o-line obviously is it hurts but it's not quite as detriment detrimental as you might think so maybe in year two of Mullen's system they're, they're veteran o-linemen it's not like they're playing a bunch of freshmen up there so i like this team but like you said trey that schedule is brutal so i'm gonna say push actually i'm gonna say nine Ooh, and three wow but i think that's good that's great yep i well, I'm agreeing mostly with Michael there. I'm, I'm going to take the over 
uh, here on the Gators. Just I, I feel pretty good about year two uh, under Dan Mullen. Franks should improve at least a little bit again. I'm not banking on that huge improvement he had from <laughs> from the year before, but I I trust Dan Mullen with that offense. He proved it time and time again at Mississippi State to have solid offenses. And even though that offensive line, Michael, you mentioned it, they have they lost talent, but the second year of the system is going to make a difference. That's huge. And they're not young. You, you already mentioned they're not very young. So that's to me, that's huge. And I, I the Todd Grantham and that defense, they're going to be stacked. They're, Florida's always really good on D, and I don't see why they're going to. They would take a big step back. I know they lose to Kai Polite on the offense on the defensive line, but you know we already mentioned they have guys coming in this year. So I'm I'm pretty high on the Gators. So I'm going to go over. All right, one guy we didn't mention. I want to bring up Kadarius Tony. Of course, a really exciting weapon on the outside. So yeah, yeah. I, I I like Florida. Let's get to Missouri. Their win total is eight. The over is a minus one forty five favorite. And it sucks that they might not be eligible for postseason play because I just think they're going to have a big year. Drew Locke is gone at quarterback, of course, but Kelly Bryant, I don't think is going to be that much of a downgrade, especially with his running ability and a great O-line, a solid receiving core. Alberto back at tight end, really good running back. Larry Roundtree had over 1,200 yards last year. So offense, I really, really like. And I actually kind of like the defense too. They were 25th in S&P Plus last season. I think People don't quite realize that, mostly because their schedule is so brutal. They went eight and five, but the five losses were all against really good teams. I really like Ryan Walters, the the D coordinator. I think he could be a rising star. So still confident on that side of the ball, too. And, you know, even with the recent news of Kelly Bryant and Albert O both going out with supposedly minor injuries in practice, that's, you know, that's a concern, but they're supposed to be back healthy. So I'll go over. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you here, Mike. I'm, I'm also high in Missouri. I mean, you mentioned their defense was good, but their offense was, we already know, was very, very good last year. They were eighth in S&P Plus on offense, and that was with some injuries to some some key guys that they had last year, especially on the outside, like Emmanuel Hall and Albert O. So, yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Hall's gone now, so. Yeah, Emmanuel Hall is gone, yes. But at least you're not losing a full season of him. But I'm just saying there's other talent around them. Yeah, I'm, for that's sure. That's kind of my point. You know, it's not, it wasn't just like a one-trick pony. They have some 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 good skill around all those guys. Jonathan Johnson had a really good year at receiver. He's back. So, uh, and then they got a couple of the freshmen or, well, they're going to be sophomores this year, Cam Scott and Jalen Knox. They were kind of forced into the action last year. Yeah. Did pretty well. Did you mention the Arkansas transfer out there too, Mike? I didn't. Jonathan Nance. Yeah. Jonathan Nance. He had a out of over 500 yards a couple of years ago. So that he, he might probably going to see quite a few snaps. So yeah, I like what I'm seeing from, from, uh, from that offense this year and Kelly Bryant I think is underrated just because of the fact that he lost his job to Trevor Lawrence but I think we all would have lost our job to Trevor Lawrence so yeah not yeah not gonna really blame him there so he's still good uh the, the defense I think they just need to get better against the against the pass they were great against the run good but they really didn't get a whole lot of pressure and that's kind of like the opposite of what you would think of of the normal Missouri defense they usually have some some pretty good pass rushers so that needs to improve because they're going to be good against the run again, especially with Jordan Elliott at the tackle. He's former Texas transfer. He's a, he's a big dude. So, um, and I think their back seven will, uh, will actually be pretty good too. You get Kale Garrett back at, at linebacker. He's a tackling machine. Yeah. So in the middle there. So I really, I really like this team. I'm going over as well. Yeah. It's weird that we're all so high on Missouri. It's just, they're one of the most interesting teams this year to me. I mean, it's, even with that a potential bull man, I just I just love them. I mean, even with the we talk about the losses that they had, like Drew Locke, oh, that's fine. Kelly Bryant. Terry Beckner last year on the D line. Ryan, you mentioned Jordan Elliott. Like they've got they've got guys all over that I'm I'm confident in. Yep. And and I'm also curious to see how they kind of mix in uh Kelly Bryant's running ability because obviously last year it was more just the the air the air threat with uh, Drew Locke. So that might be an added dimension to the offense that'll really help. So it feels weird to take the over, but I love their schedule. They only have to play Ole Miss and Arkansas from the West, like you mentioned earlier, Michael. And on the East, they get Florida and Tennessee at home. So I'm taking the over. Oh, much respect to Tennessee there. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> okay, wow. great. They get Tennessee. <laughs> uh, we're, we still got a couple more teams before we get to, I guess only one more, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oh, also, do they get Vandy at home, Trey? Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm higher on Tennessee than than most. So, all right, fair, fair. Vandy though, they've beaten Tennessee what like three years in a row. True, true. So, uh, okay, uh, who's our next dark horse, Ryan? Yeah, we got the Gamecocks of uh, South Carolina. Their win total is just five and a half, uh, with the over being the big favorite there at minus one sixty. But that's very reflective of their schedule. Um, to me, it's the toughest in the country. Brutal, brutal, brutal slate. Um, but I actually, I, I do like them to go over here. Um, it's the fourth year for Will Muschamp. He's pretty much got all of his guys in there now, and there's a lot of experience there. So to me, there's really no excuses not to be a, a solid team, especially when you have Michael's boy returning uh, at senior uh, senior quarterback for his eighth year is uh, Jake Bentley. Oh, 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 yeah. It's funny because that's a lot longer than you can actually be a quarterback. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yes. Uh, but hey, then you also get the addition of Tavion Feaster, the Clemson transfer at running back. He should help that ground game that has kind of struggled lately. Uh, the what a traitor, lines. Tavian Feaster. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? That's kind of weird. <laughs> That's going to be all good. Uh, I forgive him. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but he's got he's he's got a lot of opportunity there in uh, Columbia, so I don't blame him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the offensive line, though, main reason why they can't really run they they struggled. They've been struggling, um, and I don't really think they're going to be great again this year. But I don't see them being any worse than they were last year so with with the few returning starters uh losing debo samuel certainly certainly gonna hurt no doubt he was a, he was a great player but i think they're they'll end up being all right i like brian edwards and, and, and shy smith out there they're they're gonna pretty good duo but they might need some uh, a, at least one other two two guys might need to step up out there for them so um but the defense is the main reason why i'm taking I'm going to take the over. I think the offense will be fine. Defense, I think, is going to take a big jump. A lot of talent and experience up front in that front seven. I like Javon uh, Kinlaw. He's very good tackle. Super quick. Tough to deal with. Probably their best player. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting a bounce back uh, year from them. And even though, I mean, I'm going to go six and six. So, <laughs> But it's, with that yeah. schedule, that's an accomplishment. I know. It, the schedule is just so unfair. But I agree with you, especially about the defense. I, I, I do think it's it's going to be pretty good, too. Uh, getting back DJ Wanham healthy on the D-line is is a nice addition for sure. Yep. Another pass rushing threat. TJ Brunson's a great linebacker. Both of the sophomore corners could be really good, make a jump in their sophomore year. You got J.C. Horn. And Joe Horn's son. Is he Joe Horn's son? I didn't know that. Yeah, he is. Wow. Fun fact. He also got uh, Israel Mukwamu. So that's that's some good pieces there. And the offense... Yeah, last year took is when they took their big jump forward with Brian McClendon, the new offensive coordinator, kind of going more up-tempo. Yeah. I don't see it regressing. I think the skill talent's there again, Ryan. You mentioned the receiving core, the addition of Feaster. I, I like this team, but I hate the schedule. It's just, I agree with you. I think it's the toughest in the country. So with plus 140 odds, I'm going to take my chance on an under. Ooh ouch yeah yeah i mean i i swore off will muschamp and the gamecocks last season after they let me down too many times i when i was back in them they just yeah. i mean if they had an easier schedule i i might have gotten lured back in uh but well, I, you I were just, you were always high on that week one matchup right or, or yeah i was like it was early in the season against georgia and yeah, yeah that it didn't pan out then their belt <laughs> bowl they just got destroyed so yeah, against sure. virginia so i just i can't do it they need to prove me wrong but just to get into that schedule for the for the listeners that haven't really heard, they have to play Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia, the consensus top three teams. Like that alone is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. then, yep. not to mention, they drew some other tough teams from the West, like A and M. They got Florida and Tennessee. It's just Tennessee, Trace rep, repping the the Vols, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They'll keep saying it until we believe it. I guess. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. So I just there's just too many things for me that uh that would have to go right for them and i just do not see it happening so i'm gonna stick to my guns and i gotta take the under this year yeah and even one of their supposedly you know easier games on the schedule is like app state right that's one of their non-conference games that's a tricky one sure zach thomas back he's he's, they're tough yeah uh but i wanted to ask you guys a question so will muschamp if they miss a bowl game is is he potentially in trouble or do you think he's going to be fine um you know, honestly, I think he's going to be fine. 
it, yeah. it depends on how rough the, the it is. I mean, if it's like three and nine or something and they just get blown out, okay, yeah, he's, he's probably gone. But if they go five and seven with like the toughest schedule we mentioned in the country, I think he lives to fight another year. I agree. I, I think the team is is actually been getting better from, especially from what he took over at the end of the the Spurrier run. So I, I think he's actually done a solid job. It just hasn't always shown up in the in the win column because some some tough schedules. Yeah, I don't think so either. I just think that he he really shouldn't be punished for that brutal of a slate, especially if they're they're showing comp- they're competitive in most of those games. Another thing to look out for too is. You know, I, I do like Jake Bentley. He had some issues with ball security, obviously, last year. So that that needs to improve. If it doesn't, if he has some games where he struggles, maybe they they bring in Ryan Holinsky for for some snaps. I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure they won't burn his true red freshman. Shirt. What's that? True freshman. I know, but yeah, but there might be a point in the season where they have nothing to lose. That's a good point. Yeah, late in the season, you might see him for sure. So yeah. that could be interesting. Fair. Uh, okay. Time for our long shots. Trey, who is our first long shot? Maybe you don't agree that they should be a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 well, they're a long shot, but I, I really like Tennessee this year. The the Vols, their, their over-under is set at six and a half, uh, with the over being favored at minus 155. They have one of the more experienced teams coming back. Jarrett Garantano, he showed flashes last year at quarterback, and I think he could pot- potentially break out this season. All of the top running backs and receivers return along with seven of the, the eight offensive linemen in the rotation, including Trey Smith. Uh, the back end of well, the defense... Well, well, maybe Trey Smith. I mean, he's, you're assuming there. Yeah, he's had <laughs> those issues with blood clots. I yeah. We don't know if he's going to play at all this season, so we'll see. Yeah, but. I mean, I hope so. I hope he plays because he's like, oh, he's really good. But that's very much in doubt, though, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could come down to six of the eight, but I was just throwing in the... I was adding him into the seventh. It's helping my narrative. Come on, guys. I know. Yeah, that's exactly. fair. That's fair. Far <laughs> be it for me to challenge a narrative. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, on the on the defense, the back end, they return most of the linebackers and defensive backs. So there's a lot of pieces to like. And then, especially on offense, the the receiving core of Marquez Calloway, Jawan Jennings, and Josh, Josh Palmer, that's as good of a trio or group out there that you're going to see. So there's a lot to like on offense for for the new coordinator, Jim Chaney, who comes in from from Georgia. The, the biggest problem for Tennessee last year was they weren't consistent, but there was a lot of youth and inexperience. So I'm seeing a big jump in this season. Now, the defense, they do lose a lot, but um, but I, they're they're mixing in some of the young talent because they've recruited pretty well. They also got a Juco tackle, Savion Williams, that should step in and help. Um, guys like sophomore Bryce Thompson, he was a freshman All-American last year at corner. So I, I do like some of the pieces. I, I see some improvement there for Jeremy Pruitt. I just I just have this unexplainable feeling, guys, that Tennessee's going to improve a lot this year. I'm going over on them. They have a fairly semi or a fairly favorable schedule. And the Vols are actually going to be my lock. Wow. Oh, wow. Not surprised now. The way you're talking them up. I, so. I, it's, it's hard to explain. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, which is why I'm going to go the opposite direction here. I'm going to say I'm going to go under here on the Vols. I I get the fact that they have a lot of returning talent, but they don't have a lot of returning talent along the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, to me, I see those as huge, huge weaknesses, um, especially, well, not, not especially, they're both really rough, but the O-line, they lose a few starters. I'm saying Trey Smith probably won't be playing this year. Uh, kind of seems to be that that way. So they're probably going to have to start two, two freshmen at tackles, at the tackle spots. That's going to be rough. I mean, I know they're really really good players but true freshman on the old line is never really a good situation but it's really too bad that the offensive line is going to struggle because i i agree with trey they have they have great skill talent i like their receivers i like their their quarterback garantano he's really good um so that's it's too bad and their d to me is is not going to get better their d line is going to be much worse than it was last year they lost four key guys up front and i don't see a whole lot of great production coming back trey you mentioned uh the 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 juco savion williams but he's a sophomore juco that's gonna maybe have to start right away that's not not a huge sign so i just don't see a whole lot of depth i don't see a whole lot of experience they they do need that michigan transfer to get to get approved to immediately to get immediately eligible aubrey solomon so we're still waiting on that i'm not sure when they're gonna get a i don't know but i don't know but that is that is potentially a a big piece if he yeah they need they definitely need that that would help um 
So I don't know. I'm I'm just saying they're they're gonna. I don't like the lines. I do like Pruitt. I think they're going the right way, but not though with the line. So I'm going under. Well, you didn't mention you didn't mention that they they avoid Tennessee on their schedule. Oh wow, Whoa. that's that is huge. <laughs> Good point, Trey. Great point. Every single game they have them on the schedule. So oh even better point ryan wow whoa <laughs> yeah. you guys that i thought trey's was a good one-liner ryan that was just Boom. that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i feel like i should just say nothing here yeah. but i want to get my two cents in so trey you are on the side of the computers because fpi has them 15th and s&p plus has them 21st so they see a huge jump but i'm i'm with ryan i just don't really see it. I see that O-line at the trenches. Like you said, Ryan, there's huge questions on both sides of the ball. The back eight defensively could be very good. I, I like the the secondary, Nigel Warrior, the senior safety. Daryl Taylor on the edge at, at linebacker should yeah, be. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a load off the edge there. Yeah, but I just, I, I think that D-line will hold the defense back. So with those concerns and the fact that they got blown out in six games last year, I mean, that's, yeah, true. they're going to have to improve a lot. So I'm going under. Uh all right, Trey. So let, let we'll speak a little bit more here on Tennessee because you're obviously so enamored with them this year. What what do you think is a successful season for for Jeremy Pruitt? Yeah, I mean, I'm not calling them to be a true threat to Florida and Georgia this year, but I think you know seven wins or maybe at least a bowl win would really springboard Tennessee into a positive off season and 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 go forward. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think. Six and six is kind of kind of the minimum where fans will be at least okay. I mean, six and six might be a little bit disappointing, but you can you can talk yourself into that. Five and seven, missing a bowl, they're going to be unhappy. Yeah, that that would be rough. Yes, yeah. To me, it's just make a bowl game and you know live to fight a, another day. Okay, next up we have Kentucky. Their win total is six and a half. The over is a minus one forty five favorite. And last year was incredible. They went 10 and 3. They beat Florida finally. Somehow. Yeah, somehow, but they finally did it. They beat Penn State. But this year, I feel pretty confident they're, they're going to really come back to earth. On offense, Terry Wilson might have to shoulder more of the load, of course, with Benny Snell gone. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's a bit of an issue. He's, we haven't, he hasn't proven that he can get the ball downfield and have an efficient offense. But you're being so politically correct here about this mike well i just you know i don't i don't think he's as bad as as you think he is ryan so (laughs) that's why you can trash him on your turn but all right will do um well i do i will say though they got a transfer sawyer Sawyer smith from troy i wouldn't be surprised to see him get some snaps this year in games where if wilson has some struggles Um, i wouldn't be surprised to see him just take over at some point okay well (laughs) i i can't rule that out um And and plus, they lose most of the receiving core outside of Lynn Bowden Jr., who is very good, but he's about the only one back. So I don't think the offense will be very good. It wasn't really that good last year either. So Benny Snell just carried him. He did. And really, this team was all about defense. And they still have the potential to be solid, but the loss of Josh Allen is just so, so huge. So is the loss of their safety, Mike Edwards. He was great for many years for them. So the cornerbacks are big question marks. I just think they're in for a major regression. I'm going under. Yeah, would I mean? Would you guys say I think this is the easiest pick to have a regression from last year? Yeah, it's just yeah. and and even talent aside, they just pulled rabbits out of the hat on uh, so many games last year that that just it's not going to happen. Missouri Dude. game that was yeah. like the big one. I remember watching a couple of them, just shaking my head, like how is this happening? <laughs> yep. um, but uh, but yeah, so I I agree with pretty much exactly everything you said, Michael. The other thing about the offense is they lose three starters including all-american bunchy stallings so that's that's really not going to help them they do get former five-star landon young back on the line he missed most of last year with an injury but but still losing an all-american that's a that'll be tough to tough to replace yeah overall they do avoid some of the big boys in the sdc west but i just i just see way too much turnover for me to be confident in them so i gotta go under Yes, yeah, I definitely agree here uh, on the under with Kentucky. They have such major shoes to fill. You know, those Benny Snell, Josh Allen, and um, a bunch bunch of Stallings. Those guys were the three of the best players Kentucky's like ever had. I, you don't just replace those guys. They were so so good. Um, 
I do think they'll at least be solid running the ball still. Um, Yeah, you still got Drake Jackson at center leading what should be still a pretty decent offensive line. Yeah, exactly. I, that's why I think they'll still be good at, at, at running the ball. And, and AJ Rose, he he did have some some good moments last year backing up uh, Benny Snell. So I think he's he'll still be pretty good. But I mean, not at Benny's level. Snell, yeah, yeah, Snell, yeah, exactly. So defense, they were thirtieth in yards per play last year, which is maybe a little surprising. I thought they'd be a little better than that, but I see them dropping way, way, way down. The defensive line, it, it'll be solid. It's the problem is this is not very disruptive. They'll be good against the run, especially with Quentin Bohanna back at nose guard. Then they have the huge uh, defensive end, Calvin Taylor. It's hard to get around that guy. Yeah. Um, and they get Josh Pascal back. He missed, he missed last year. So that, that'll add some depth. But again, I'm not seeing a lot, whole lot of pressure. Um, Cash Daniel and Jamar Watson. To me, Jamar Watson is the guy that, that needs to take the biggest step forward because he's going to have to somehow replace some of that production lost by by Josh Allen. Yeah, um, we know Cash Daniel will be very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I, I don't like the secondary this year. They don't have any proven players there this year. So, yeah, I mean, I Stoops will do a decent job and they're not going to be a bad defense, but they won't be anywhere near where they were. So, and hey, watch out week one against Toledo, man. For the Rockets. Yeah, yeah. They're good. That's true. Man, we're all pretty low on Kentucky. I will say, we're kind of, you know, if you look at the betting market, I guess we're in the minority there because the over is favored at six and a half. So people think they're going to go seven and five. Yeah, that's, that'd, that'd uh, be pretty good. That'd be a good year. That'd be a very good year. If I was a Kentucky fan, I'd be very happy with that. Yeah. All right. We are to our last long shot. Who is it, Ryan? Uh, Commodores. We got Vandy. Their uh, win total is being set at five with the under being the minus 135 favorite. Vanny, they're, they're kind of a tough team for me to gauge this year. I feel like they have quite a few toss-up games that could just really go either way. And, but I did decide to take the under here uh, because they lose Kyle Shermer and three offensive linemen, and they can't they can't stop the run on defense too. So, so that's that's so those are some some issues that I see, and I don't think they're going to be plus eight uh, in the turnover battle again. Just my opinion there. So. The offense last year, it, while it wasn't elite, they were they were pretty darn good. They were twenty fourth in S and P plus, so that's it's going to be hard for Vanny to match that again this year. Um, they do get Riley Neal, the grad transfer from Ball State, and I, he's solid. I think he's he's a decent player, uh, yeah. but to expect him to match like the Shermer's play is unrealistic. I think. Yeah, I mean, I do like that he is obviously more mobile than Kyle Shermer. That's not hard to do, but he yeah, is pretty much everybody is. Yeah, yeah, but he's fairly mobile and. Yeah. Uh, or it might not even be Riley Neal. It could be Deuce Wallace, who who yeah, is true. already there. They're both kind of similar profile. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but whoever is the quarterback, I think it's going to be Neal. But they'll be handing it off to one of the best running backs really in the nation. Honestly, uh, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. He had a very very good year last year. Um, averaged nearly eight yards a carry. So I mean, I liked him when he was back at Illinois. He was he was awesome there. Uh, receivers. I think they're going to be pretty solid, too. Uh, Very Elijah good. Lipscomb, he had over 900 last year. Jaron Pinckney is maybe the best tight end in the country. Yeah, uh, you put you're underselling few... this. There, That's a that's a really good receiving core. Okay, yes. Very good. Very <laughs> good group. Very good group. Okay. I just want to see how they do without Shermer throwing it to him is all. So Fair. That That's a little bit of a concern. Um, so definitely, definitely some pieces to work with. But, you know, you just got to hope the O-line and QB positions don't take that big of a drop. Um but the defense is horrible. That, that's that's a big problem for Vandy. 95th in yards per play last year. Lose several key playmakers like Jawan Williams. He left a year early to go pro in the secondary. That's that's a big one. And Ladarius Wiley. He's a, he was a safety. He was good. So, you know, I got some concerns. So I'm I'm taking the under. Yeah, I I don't have a ton of positive things on Vandy. I do I do love Keyshawn Vaughn. He's he's one of my favorite backs. I mean, actually in the SEC East alone, Swift and Vaughn are like two of my favorite running backs in the country. Um, but I'm just really interested to see that that quarterback position. If if they don't have if Neil or Wallace, whoever it is, if they don't have a big drop off, I could see the offense being okay. Um especially with the targets that you mentioned, Ryan. So that could end up being a, a positive for them the as far as the offense is concerned but but yeah my I totally agree with you on the defense it's just you read through some of these Vandy previews 
and you hear a lot of coach speak from Mason and the coaching staff that, you know, you get things like we are bigger, longer, we have more depth than we've ever had. Yeah. It's I'm just I'm just really not seeing the the difference makers on the defense to make a big enough impact for to for Vandy to get into like a bowl game. So I got to take the under this year. I just don't think they're going to be any better than last year. Yeah, Trey, that's a good point about the uh, the coach speak there. Yeah, whatever you hear a coach talking about how much bigger their defense is, like how much bigger could it have gotten? Like I know they, <laughs> one one off. I know they brought in some some grad transfers and some JUCOs, but like how good could those guys be? A lot of them are coming from much smaller schools, and you know, junior college transfers. You can you never really know what you're getting there. So I, I hope the defense will will take a little jump forward with those guys. Maybe maybe. Uh, they got another Illinois transfer at corner. I think Cameron Watkins, maybe he can be the the Keyshawn Vaughn of the defense. Ryan, what do you think? Wow. I mean, that Illinois defense. Oh, boy. Probably <laughs> this, worth hey, the bandies. This is deja vu when we were talking about Trey Watson last year. I Ryan, remember. So. I know you were going with that. But, <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's going to work out that well. No. Um, but, yeah, the defense has has been bad for, for a while under, under Derek Mason, surprisingly. But I am going over on Vandy. Because I just I really like the offense. I'm I'm optimistic about whoever the quarterback is going to be. <laughs> Great, yes, it sounds like you're very optimistic. <laughs> That's that sounds very vague, but no, I agree. I think it'll be Riley Neal and very experienced Ball State. It's hard to really judge his his stats too much there. It really didn't have much around him, but it's not like he was he was terrible there. So no, with with the skill talent they have at Vandy, which some of the most exciting players in the country, really, in in that. With the Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalijah Lipscomb, Jared Pinckney, so I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna ride those guys to the over. Okay, I hope so. I, I like Vandy. And another thing is, is last year Keyshawn Vaughn really didn't totally get let loose until the second half of the season. They weren't giving him yeah a true. boatload of carries. So if you just look at how good the offense was then, maybe you feel a little more optimistic this year. Well, too bad he doesn't get to play Baylor all the time. That's a good point. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Although. Hey, watch out for Baylor this year. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Hey, where's where's Vandy playing Tennessee this year? I know they killed him last year, so maybe. Yeah, good point. Where's it? Where was that game last year? Yeah, it's at Tennessee. Dang it. Oh, 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 that's rough. All right, maybe I switch to an under. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Trey, it is your turn. We're done with our tiered rankings, so it is your turn to be on the hot seat. Oh, yes, bring it. All right, first question. Which player that transferred, graduated, or went pro will be missed the most by their team in 2019? We briefly touched on him, but I'm going to say Josh Allen, the linebacker from Kentucky. He was just, he was incredible. He made that Kentucky defense so good. I mean, he alone had 21 and a half tackles for loss and 17 sacks. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> losing, losing, losing that production would be tough for any team, but it's just, it's going to be crippling to Kentucky's, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that one. Um, okay, which player in the SEC East is under the most pressure to step up this year? So I think it might be a little too easy to just say that Fromm needs to be even more of a difference maker to get over the hump, but I'm going to go with my guys at Tennessee. I'm going to say Jarrett Garantano. They they need him. If the Vols fans, if they want that program to be elevated, him, elevated they need him to live, live up to what he showed in moments last year. And I want to say it, it rests on, on his shoulders. This isn't a Vol Nation podcast. I, know, I didn't mean it for it to go this way, but, but go Vols. Yeah. All right. Which is more likely the SEC title game is Alabama against Georgia or the SEC title game is any other matchup? I'm going to say it's more likely Alabama versus Georgia. I just truly think Georgia is clearly the best team in the East. And as far as the West is concerned, I don't. I don't trust LSU, Auburn, or anyone else in the division to dethrone Bama this year. So I would say Alabama versus Georgia. Okay, last question. What's more annoying, fans constantly complaining about SEC bias or Michael constantly complaining about our podcast's audio quality? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I got to go with Michael. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the sound Nazi. It's uh can get a little <laughs> listen attention guys, to detail. All, all I'll say, all I'm gonna say is go back and listen to our first episode and then go listen to this episode. It yeah. has improved and, and 
You're yeah. going to be happy. You're going to be Michael's, happy. No, Michael's you know, dad, strive for it, perfection, though, has taken a toll on us, but it, it, it has improved the quality. I will agree. Yeah. And there's always room for improvement. There's always room. <laughs> I, oh, boy. Um, okay. Let's get to our championship picks. Actually, before we do that, I just want to bring up, I feel like when we talked about Georgia, we, we, we all kind of glossed over the receiving core, which I think for us is because we've just talked about it. It feels like all summer long. Lawrence Cager. Yeah, Lawrence Cager coming in from Miami. Demetrius Robertson, hopefully back healthy and, you know, living up to Dominic them. Blaylock, the true freshman. George Pickens, true freshman. Okay, there we go. We just mentioned it. I was going to direct people to our uh, our X Factors episode from a couple months ago where we talked about it, but I think this covers it. I like Blaylock. I like Blaylock. That kid's going to be good. All right, now let's get to our championship picks. All right. Who are you taking, Ryan? Oh, me first. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I went a little crazy with the big 12 ish. Uh, you know, so I'm, I think I'm going to go more chalk here in the SEC. I just see it that way. Bama in the West, uh, in Georgia in the East, of course. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah. You should check your pants after the show, Ryan. Yeah. I, I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I, I disagree there, Ryan. I do think it's going to be Alabama against Georgia. That seems like the logical choice. But I just I think Alabama's better. They're they're a lot better offensively, I think, even though Georgia's really good, but Alabama's just otherworldly. And defensively, I don't think there's a ton of separation between the two. I might even argue Alabama's better there too. So that's my choice. Okay, well, it's a clean sweep on Alabama versus Georgia, but uh, but I think Georgia is going to get over the t- the hump this year and and dethrone Bama. I just love what they have coming back, and they're gonna they're gonna finally do it this year. They've been so close. They've been so close. They're due. They're due. <laughs> yeah, yeah, due. It's the due factor. Uh, I will say, if you look at the the betting markets implied odds, though, of of Alabama making it to the SEC championship, which is seventy five percent, and then Georgia, which is sixty four percent. That means there's actually only a 48% chance that this is the matchup. So that's lower than you might think. It's pretty much a coin flip that, you know, someone else is going to make that title game. Yeah. Could see some other. Could Florida, maybe LSU. Florida's definitely the third favorite, I think, to make it because. Yeah. 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 We know why. We know. Okay. I don't know. I was about to just say the whole entire episode again. Yeah. No explanation needed. We all get it. Well, because Tennessee, where's that Tennessee game for them? (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. Now let's end the episode with a questionable finish. After several years of mediocrity, Kentucky came out of nowhere last season to have a 10-win season. Which player or team in any sport had the most out-of-nowhere great year? Um, I'm going to go with uh, with Brady Anderson in 1996 for the, for the Baltimore Orioles. A classic. Orioles. 50 homers did he have? Yeah, he had 50 homers. Uh, he played for like 15 years, and his next highest total was 24. So, I mean, that was it was kind of like That was kind of like Brett Boone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, some, some roids certainly help there. Yeah. Nothing fishy. Nothing fishy <laughs> there. Nothing fishy at all. Uh, I've said this many times before on the podcast, but it bears repeating. John Wolford's senior year at Wake Forest in yeah. 2017 oh. is the craziest thing that's ever happened. He was a four year starter at quarterback. The first three years were complete garbage. And his senior year, he was one of the best in the country. Just go take a look at it online. Yeah, that is a good one. I'm going to go with more of uh, a random kind of period. We all love the NCAA tournament. That little run that Florida Gulf Coast made was just completely <laughs> unbelievable. Not just because they won, but the way they were doing it. They just like yeah. came out of nowhere. They were dunking all over people. They be- they killed Georgetown as a two seed. Just it was it was unbelievable to watch. Like go on YouTube. It's so fun to go back and look at those highlights. Yeah, and tying it into the SEC East, didn't they start out like really great against Florida too? Yeah, they did. The- That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question. Gus Malzahn is taking back play calling duties after Chip Lindsay wasn't getting the job done. Name a time when somebody let you down. So this one hurt. We were in college and there was a two person project that we had and we had to we had to make a presentation after researching our topic for a couple weeks. It was up to him to bring the the PowerPoint we made. Uh, he didn't end up showing up to that, that specific class. Never told me, never told anyone. 
So I had to fly blind on this presentation with nothing behind me to show, and I just kind of presented. But oh, man. That, that, was, that was brutal. Ouch. I got some sympathy points from the teacher, but, but it, was, it was tough at the time. Can we get a name? Can we name him? Not going to throw him under the bus. How about a first name? How about a first? Hey, after what he did to you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you owe that guy? His name was Tim. Okay, Tim. Screw you, Tim. <laughs> uh, mine was last week, actually. The chef at California Pizza Kitchen forgot to add pineapples to my barbecue chicken pizza. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Don't at me on that one. Man. Wow. Um, all right. Mine is uh, Addy Kumalik. Who? Oh, the kicker. You remember, yeah, you remember him? The kicker. He, well, he was. All he did was. All he, his only job was kickoff duties for Nebraska. And this was back in 2009. And uh, 2009 Big 12 title game against Texas. Nebraska takes the lead with about a minute or so. And Adi Kunalik proceeds to kick the ball out of bounds, giving Texas <laughs> great field position. Wow. That was. Ouch. I mean, oh, that hurt. All right. Last question. What are you going to do with your newfound free time now that our conference preview series is over? I'll go first. I'm going to do nothing. I, I'm just going to sit on the couch, maybe watch some Netflix, maybe a glass of Pinot. I don't That's know. Something. Maybe if I'm feeling fancy. That is something, yeah. You're not going to pay more attention to Sarah? Who? <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh, poor Sarah follow well, Sarah at CFB underscore Sarah on Twitter <laughs> for me it's hopefully get on the golf course more it's been a little idle there but uh, but really like overall these episodes have really made me want the season to just get here so this is going to be a tough kind of month or a few weeks waiting for it yeah what are we down to like technically the, there's week yeah. zero but but the full slate yeah, is uh, you know still a little ways away yep uh, for me, um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be getting back into uh, coaching hoops. Oh, uh, so that's definitely gonna take up quite a bit of my time. All right, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. We are done with our conference previews. Oh boy, it's a pretty grueling month, but hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. Next week, of course, we're gonna have our mailbag episode. So again, please send in those questions right away. We're also gonna have a 2019 season betting preview episode. And then after that, we'll go back to one episode per week. So once again, thanks for listening. Join our Yahoo College Pick'em League, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.